chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Um, I don't know about y'all, but kind of glad I wasn't sitting in that meeting when he was preaching that, right? It's like I can feel you know, my butt being chomped, right, as I read those. Can you imagine sitting there when the King of Kings is saying, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Yeah, I wonder if he looked at anybody when he said it, you know. I was like, how many of us would be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? So there's an issue there, right? And I think all of us have been at that place. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. So we're talking about somebody that comes to the Lord, hears those words, but then they do them. Then they do them. 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of the house was great. Now, I think if all of us at some point have said, Lord, Lord, but, and we haven't done what he said, have you ever been in the situation where the storm immediately came and your house fell? You know, I have too many times, too many times. All of us, I think, have. And that's where we just turn on the Lord and we say, Lord, I repent. In other words, I was going this way, not doing what you said. Now I turn around and I go this way and I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And when I do that, when I turn towards him and I become a doer of the word, it establishes a foundation that didn't say the storms weren't going to come. It said the storms were going to come, but there's a way to be in the storm and be built and established and filled with the goodness of God and the storm can't do nothing to you. Nothing to you. This morning uh, we had a class, our last class, uh, and it was on uh, basically breaking the chains of mediocrity, breaking the chains of average, and it talked about that we have to establish new habits, right? Now let me ask you a question. Has the Lord in the Word, has He instructed us to become disciples of Him? Has He instructed us to discipline ourselves? In other words, uh, let me put it in these words. Commit to His ways. Right here He just told us, be doers of the Word. And I don't think He's saying be doers today, but you don't have to worry about next week. That, I don't think He's saying that, right? Y'all with me, everybody? All right, okay. Um, so he said, commit to my ways. Paul said it like this, follow me as I follow Christ. He told us the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That means people that are disciplined after who? Christ, after Christ. That's right. All right, so we need to be disciples. Well, now, what does that mean to be a disciple? That means that our life is disciplined after Him, right? So that, in other words, when we come up to a decision and we can choose the world's way or we can choose God's way, we are disciplined to make the right choice and choose God's way, right? 
Now, how many people know that doesn't just happen when you accept Jesus? I mean, it just doesn't go magically go, bing, and I just choose Jesus all the time. That Anybody have that experience? Because if you had that experience, I, I really want to talk to you. Because either you're really holy or you're living in a dream world, one or the other. And either way, we need to talk. So it's... But it doesn't, just, it doesn't just happen. We play a part with God and we discipline ourselves. And because it doesn't just happen, that means we've got to get into the Word. We've got to find out who God is. How can you discipline yourself after God if you don't know what He said, right? Uh, we, gotta, we need to get in prayer, which is why I invited you to Frontline's Prayer. We've got to get in worship. We've got to learn how to worship God. We need to have some intimacy with Christ. And another thing that he's told us, don't you know that the word says that uh, each member is placed in the body where God desires? Who does the placing? God does. And, and the word tells us that the one, I think this is Psalms 42, I think. It says the one who is planted, it doesn't say the one that passes by, but the one who is planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of heaven will flourish how many people know that God wants you to flourish but how does it come according to that verse that you plant yourself that that's a, a planting is a commitment in other words just every wind that blows by you're not going you know jumping all over the place and he tells us over in Isaiah that we can become oaks of righteousness but it comes from planting ourselves how can you be a strong oak if you don't allow roots to grow. But have you ever thought about the fact that as soon as a seed is planted doesn't mean that the seed is not going to encounter some resistance. The seed's got to break through some of that soil. But in order for those roots to go down deep where the storms won't blow them over, they've got to commit to a place, right? Well, for many of you, maybe you're visiting today, but for many of you, you know that place for me is boomerang. Well, when God plants you in a place, He also plants you for a purpose, not only for you to grow, but He also plants you so that the vision and the mission, the house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus, the vision can take place, right? So, is this? would you agree that everything I've said there is, if you take the counsel of the Word, that stuff's in there, is that right? If you believe that, say amen. Amen. If you really believe it, say aloud, Amen. Amen. Oh, okay, I was just checking. All right. So we, but see, all right. We just heard what the Lord desires, what the Lord has said. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Do you want to stand against the storms? Then I need to be planted, and I need to be supporting. I need to be growing as a disciple and supporting the vision of the place. And you can pass out those, start, start here in each one. So on Wednesday, we have our small group starting. In the, in the beginning of this year here at the 1st of February, we have small groups starting. And we just talked about the importance of committing and that God says it. These small groups are going to establish you as a disciple. They're going to help you. They're going to help the gifts come out of you. 
How many people just, what we've done in January is we split up into groups in here on Wednesday night and established the small groups. How many people felt the things of God rising up as soon as that happened? How many people felt family start to happen in, in deeper ways? I mean, and how, let me tell you this from a leadership side. I saw the vision as soon as we split it up the first Wednesday, I saw the vision, things we had been praying for for eight years happen in an instant. The reason why we did these small groups was to establish you in growth and to advance the vision that God's given us, not just me as a body. He's given us something to accomplish. I, he's, this week, he's dropped some stuff in me. Uh, that's a 20-year vision, and let me just tell you, it ain't going to happen with just me. I can tell you that. Amen. And if it was, it'd be a sorry vision anyway. It's big. Like, I'm sitting there like, man, did I hear that, hear that right, Lord? Because I don't, there's some big stuff. So here's what I want you to do. Commit to one of those. You can go to all the small groups you want. These are just the beginnings. But commit to one of those. Check which one you're committing to. Make a commitment. Become a doer of the word. And watch how you grow in the things of God. You got Wednesday night and Thursday night happening. More are coming as we speak. But here's the thing. Make sure that you become a doer and commit. Don't, don't leave your family sitting there. See, a lot of times we go to church. We did a series uh, called, uh, um, what was the... Um, cloudy with a chance of loaves and fishes if you remember that series and in that series we were talking about the church and what we saw was that so many times in the American church today we become spectators and we come to receive you know to get our our healing or to get and we come and we're but we're spectators but what the word very clearly lays out is that each one of us are participants and so you have a part to play in those small groups Make sure that you play the part that God has for you by committing and being there and growing. And, and we know you got stuff that comes up, you know, business will take you out of town, you know, stuff like that. We get that. It's not, there's not a condemnation there. But make a commitment. Make a commitment in your heart. Make a commitment. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Amen? Amen. So fill those out. Amen. Everybody commit to one in Jesus' name, and then we will contact you and get in touch with you. Now, uh, will you grab one of those bottles and just, just hold it up over there? Everybody see the basket? Last week we talked about the baby bottle boomerang. This supports uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center. If you've already grabbed one, great. If you haven't, grab one. But today, whether you had grabbed one yet or not, I just wanted to talk to you about it. And uh, can you pass these sheets out to everybody? Just some information about it. I wanted to tell you, we support, when you support Boomerang, every month we support the Pregnancy Resource Center because they are doing an amazing, amazing job. And here's the thing, they support life. And God said, choose life. He's like, I said before you today, death and life. And I love it because he's like, so choose life. Like we didn't know, you know, but you know what, sometimes... We get deceived and we forget. And that thing helps us come back to the center of where we need. Choose life. Let me just tell you some stuff 
Uh, what you do with these bottles is you basically just take them home, set them on the counter, you throw your uh, loose change or, or bills or big bills or big checks. You throw it in there, you fill out the form, and then they'll give you a receipt for your giving. But it's to support people choosing life. They choose life by helping uh, moms to not have abortions, to choose life. They help them by, if they're facing as a single parent, they support them. They give them the help and support and love. I remember there was a couple of people that stood up there and they gave some testimonies a few weeks ago when I was at uh, a breakfast. And here's what they said. They said, I walked in and the people there at the Pregnancy Resource Center, they just loved me. They loved me, and they loved me, and they loved me. And they help people that are becoming parents. They're scared. They help people that don't know what to do. They help them move toward uh, adoption, if need be, to choose life. If they've had an abortion, you know there is a vast, this is a silent problem that is destroying people. People that have had an abortion in the past, and you know, how many of you have just messed up a little bit? and the devil comes with condemnation. Imagine making that choice. If you ever have, you know what I'm talking about, but if you haven't, imagine making that choice and then what the devil would come to do. And he's ruined many people, you know, fathers and mothers, and they provide the counseling and the love to bring them out of that uh, deception, bring them out of that depression, and just show them the love of Christ. Uh, last year, uh, there was, um, they had 237 pregnancy tests, and out of that, in the end, uh, 218 intended to carry the baby to full term. Out of that, amen. Now listen to this. There were nine, there were nine ladies who were abortion intended. They were going to abort. Nine of them. Six of them uh, chose to give life and not have an abortion. That's just in our county. Praise God. That's, that's six lives that would not be if it weren't for support of that. So I just wanted to give you that. There's also over there a uh, brochure. And so we generally take January and talk some about that because it's so important, you know. Um, I saw uh, somebody wrote something the other day, and they said the march, marches that they're having, like to have, you know, you know, have abortion and stuff like that. The funny thing is, each one of them, their parent didn't have one, you know. <laughs> I just think about that. So, amen, amen. I'll just leave that right there. All right. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. <laughs> Man, come here. Um, man, I love you. That's awesome. Amen. Um, so, y'all ready for the message? I've been trying to preach this for three weeks, so I think today's the day. Y'all pray quick before it falls away. All right. Let's turn to 3 John. I'll let you pick the chapter. In verse 2. I want you to be thinking about this as we go. These sheets are over there on the table. Go ahead and well, I'm, I'm having y'all pass out all kinds of stuff. Make sure everybody, somebody give them a hand and let's uh, get these one of these sheets in everybody's hands. 
Yeah, give him a hand. Very good. Ministry of Helps. So we've been in a series now called Bye-bye Debt and Hello Abundance. And uh, we are talking about money. Yes, we're talking about finances. Believe it or not, Jesus preached. I, did, I was looking up some stuff. Uh, I forget the exact numbers, but he actually preached more on money than he did on heaven and hell combined. Do you know that? I think out of, the, um, out of all the parables, I think it's something like 30%, maybe 40% were on finances. That's a lot. So, you know, what we're looking at today is, why are we talking about finances? Why are we talking about this? And the first thing is, we have a responsibility to kind of follow Christ, right? I mean, I think that's what, I think that's what we're here for. Is that correct? I'm just checking. And if he preached on that, then I need to preach on it. But I'll tell you this, just as this is just my experience. When we first started this church, it's not the case anymore because we've preached on finances and we preached on the good things of God. But when we first started this church, over 50% of the prayer requests were financially based, where I need breakthrough in my finances. It happened all the time. But we're going to talk today about why. But as we're talking about this, this is what I want to tell you. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to lay out the day. It won't be next week, but probably the week after. We're going to have some prayer. And the reason why is we've been, you know, the Lord this year, he said, start this year out with fasting. Let's give the first of this year to the Lord by submitting our flesh and fasting and praying and seeking him. Well, early on in that fast, the Lord said this, I want you, as you finish up that fast, in the fullness of that breaking of those chains and the fullness of that anointing and that power, I want you as a body to release that to break the spirit of poverty and to break debt in people's lives. Amen? Because God does not want you in debt. And if you don't know that, go back online and watch the bye-bye debt, the first one, because that's what we talked about. We talked about what does God say about debt. And he pretty much hates it. He pretty much does not want that to be any part in your life. But you need to see that in the Word for yourself. Well, these uh, sheets right here, uh, you can put your name on here, but... What it basically does is says, I want, it does, it, it does four things, but two basic things. I want my debt that I have now to go down to nothing. Amen. And I want, uh, Lord, to believe on you for my increase and abundance to do good works that we'll talk about in a second. I want it to rise up to a certain level. Okay? It's not talking about lifetime goals in your increase. It's talking about what has the Lord told you right now. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the debt that you say, let's say that you got you know, $100,000 in debt, home, everything, that's, that's pretty low today. Let's say that you have that. We as a body are going to agree that that debt goes to zero in your life. Amen? We're going to agree with each other. We're not telling everybody what your debt and what your income is. That's not what we're doing. But we are going to make a whole chart that says, this is the debt, and we're going to watch that debt go down, 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 all right? And then, I want, the other thing is, I want you to say, all right, 
here's what I want to see increase. Each year or each month, I want to see an extra $1,000. That's what he's told me to believe for, is for my increase in abundance to go up. And we'll talk about the reasons for abundance later, but I want you to say, this is what the Lord's told me. And we're going to watch that increase. We're going to put everybody's together, and we're going to watch that increase go up, 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 and watch the overflow happen in this place. Amen? This is what we need to do. Now, also on here is another number, and that is, since you've been coming to Boomerang, how much has your debt already fallen off? That way we already have something to praise God over. And how much have you already increased since you've been coming? That way we can already see God's moving and He's increasing us. So pray, fill this out, drop it in the offering box and, and get it in there. And then we're going to combine that all and we're going to pray over We're going to take these strips, lay our hands over them, anoint them with oil and see debt reduce and increase rise. Amen? And why are we doing that? Why are we teaching this? Why do we want you to do that? That's what we're talking about today. I'm so glad that you asked. So part one is this. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. The number one reason why we're teaching to get out of debt and be in abundance is God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And he, he loves you. He loves you so much that he says this. He says, above everything else, above it all, I want you to prosper. I want you to prosper and be in health. He says, even as your soul prospers. Well, and I've heard people say sometimes, well, he's talking about spiritual health. Okay, well, let, let's just, let's go that direction then. You know, let, let's talk about that. It, he says, actually here, he's talking about wealth and health. These are material things. So the context actually is not spiritual until you get to as your soul prospers. But the, the verse that a lot of times people will say, you know where it says Jesus was made poor so that you might be rich? They'll use that a lot of times and they'll say, well, he was made spiritually poor so that you might be spiritually rich. Well, that's true, but it, that's not really the context there either. But we'll give them that. Let's just give them that, although it's not true. Let's say that he was spiritually poor so that you might be spiritually rich. Well, then you apply that to this verse and all of a sudden you plug in spiritually rich as my soul prospers. What does that mean? That I would be materially, what? Prospering and in good health. You see, our prosperity comes from God. He says, I'm the one who gives wealth. And I had no sorrow or no toil to that. It comes from God. He's the promoter. He's the one that gives it. And why does he give it? Why are we teaching this? Because he loves you. He loves you. And, and there's another side of it. Let's say that somebody just said, you know, well, I don't believe that God wants me, God, God wants me wealthy. I, I need to be poor so that I can be humble. Then what you working for? I mean, come on, let's just take this all the way out. You're going, in that theology, you're going against God. 
Yeah, just just you know, kind of lay down and 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 don't do anything. It, because you don't want to come against God. But you see, we a lot of times we don't think this stuff all the way out. But and and here's what that does. It's just a deception where the devil gets in there. And what is he saying? Listen, what's the very first word in this verse? Beloved. So if you take away the prosperity and the health, what are you subtracting? What are you taking away? You're taking away God's love for you. You're taking that away. He loves you. So if the devil can sit around and talk to people about being in debt and, and not having, well, I'm just happy if I can pay my own bills, that's not being in prosperity. That's not being in prosperity at all. Even in the Old Testament, the blessing of God said that I would, I would be so wealthy that I would not borrow, but I would lend, right? How can you lend if you don't have abundance? So even in Old Testament blessing, without Jesus, the blessing of God pronounced by the Holy Spirit was that you would be in enough abundance to lend to others. That's the blessing of God. So all the, yeah, yeah, there's seed to the sowers, what he said. There's, we're going to get into that. You just, hold on, Anthony, come on now. I'm preaching today. I know, I'm, I'm kidding. I love that. He's like, yeah, seed to the sower. He's amening me. That's what that is. We're going to talk about that next week now. All right, actually, we're going to talk about this right here too. But um, he says, listen to this. I just want you to grasp this. This is God talking to you. Beloved. 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 Man, he's talking to you. Listen to me, beloved. Listen to me, beloved. I love you. And I pray that in all respects, above all things, you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words, you know, you can't just sit there and not disciple yourself like we were talking about earlier. You can't just sit there and not apply the things of God and think that all just prosperity and health's going to fall on you. We already said none of us have seen that. You've got to be a doer of the word. But if you will receive the love of God and be a doer of the word, he wants to pour out his love in this way that you're prospering and in health as your soul prospers. He loves you. Oh man, he loves you. He wants to pour out so much good stuff. So much good stuff. Amen? Let me, uh, come on, uh, where's the microphone? Tell them quickly about that testimony that you had. About a month ago, or earlier, uh, I was up here earlier, and spoke about the VA process and how all that worked and I was waiting for a second part to happen and uh, quickly I want to share with uh, Pastor Brian and I said hey not only did the second part happen but that part was abundantly above all we could ask for things the first part I was over the moon if you want to say it that way and the second part I was I didn't even know that something like that was possible and the Father just blessed it. And it's exactly what Pastor Brian was talking Amen. about was, you know, he, he does these things not so 
you know, it's us four no more. It's, it's so we can be a blessing. It's, yes. you know, hey, here you go. Now you can pass it out. Now you can be a blessing. And it's, this, it's the cycle that keeps going and going and going. And I yeah. just want to give honor to God and say thank you for that. Amen. We're talking straight up. Yeah. When we were, um, the last piece of it is George, before we got married, he had sowed a large amount of money into um, into someone that he loves, and he he had felt convicted over that. With this financial blessing that we got, that's going to be repaid above and beyond in five years, money that he never Amen. thought that we would see back. So he, he ministered specifically to George to f heal that. And that's the beginning. Yes. And we're talking straight finances and abundance. And it, he got up a few weeks ago and said, man, this was like blowing me out of the waters, blowing my mind how good God was given to us. And now we're talking about something even over and above that. That's the way the Lord, why? Because you are his beloved. You're his beloved. That's who you are. God loves you. Why teach this? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. In Genesis 12, it, he told Abraham, he said, Listen, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And through you, all the nations will be blessed. And then over in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. It says, talks about in Galatians, those that, who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So the bl same blessing that was supposed to come on Abraham, he wants to move through you to others as well. He wants to bless you abundantly. Not just in, look, money is the small part. That's just the beginning. He wants to take you to the place where you are prospering in your heart and in your mind, in your soul, where there's no, there's no condemnation, there's no pressure. You can walk through storms without any kind of trouble. I mean, you just walk through it and you know you're walking out the other side. And you got such peace. And that peace, according to Philippians 4, guards your heart and your mind. And oh man, see, it's just a part of a big package. But the money side's important. And how are you going to have faith to believe God to abundantly bless you so that you can be a blessing to others if you don't hear it preached. That's where faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And in Galatians 3, he said, God preached the gospel, the gospel, the good news to Abraham saying, through you, all the nations will be blessed. You see, and that leads us to part two. He wants to bless others. He wants to love on others through you. Part two is God loves others. But before we move fully into that, I just want you to say this. Look, let's look at that 3 John 1, 2 one more time. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Who's speaking? The Holy Spirit, right? Through through John, the Holy Spirit speaking. This is God talking. Who's he talking to? That's it. Make it personal. Say me. He's talking to me. Just say it. Say right now. Say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Amen. Part two, why teach this? God loves others. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Second Corinthians 9, 8. 
Here's, here's where he's talking about seed to the sower. He gives, even, you know, he asks us to sow, but he's the one who gives us seed to sow. It's, it's amazing. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Say me. To me. He's able to make all grace abound to me. That's right. See, you've got to get that. He's talking. This is God talking to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything there's a bunch of absolutes right there man God is talking in absolutes all sufficiency that means what's lacking nothing in everything how many things are you missing nothing you may have an abundance for every how many times are you missing it none every good deed you see, out of your abundance, every good deed can take place. So here's the question. How many good deeds are not taking place because we haven't been walking in abundance? Because we haven't heard the word preached? Because the devil has told you, no, nah, just be humble. See, that's a false humility. That humility that's false is coming against the word and against what God was saying. And so he'll, try, he'll trick people into be. See, if he can't get you on his side, he just tries to deceive you. He just tries to get you to accept something that's not true so he can get you off base or take away some of your strength or take away some of your power or take away some of your abundance so that good deeds don't happen. You see, when every good deed happens, this is straight up evangelism. This is straight up evangelism. And so when good deeds do happen, now all of a sudden, who is being blessed? The world. The people around us. And who's the blesser? Not, you know, we're playing a part in it, but they know because we're going to say, look, this is God. This is God. You know, I walked in, I was in Florida last week, and I walked into my hotel room, and oh my goodness, I, uh, let's just say this, I was tired, all right? I had driven through the night, I had already gone to a four-hour service after when I got there, I'm tired, all right? And I get there, I check into my hotel room, and I'm not even sure if I'm awake, you know. I'm just like on autopilot. I'm hoping I go in the right room and somebody doesn't scream at me, you know. I'm just, I'm hoping that I get to my destination. And I'm going, I'm pulling bags in, and, and, I, and I see uh, the lady who's helping clean the rooms. I see her down at the end of the hallway. And uh, I said, I started to walk away, and I said, oh, I said, the Lord, the Holy Spirit grabbed, grabbed me. He said, I want you to go. And I want you to tip her ahead of time. Not afterwards. I used to, I wouldn't even tip that. You know, tip the person that's cleaning the room because, you know, I, you don't. But tipping, let me tell you about tipping. It is the easiest place to share the love of God. It, it, listen, we, we spend so much money doing other things. That is the cheapest way to share the love of God with people. Tip well. Tip, tip on purpose. Tip ahead of time. Be a blessing because they're going to see you praying over your food. And, you, and then you tip them well. And then you, know, you tip them well and they're like, you know who servers in restaurants who they hate to see the most? Christians. You know why? Because they'll leave them a tip like this. Well, you can go to church with us on Sunday. She's like, she don't want your church. She wants a tip. She's not interested 
in, in following your love walk, especially if you ain't even walking it. All right. We're going to leave that right there. Anyway, so I was talking to the maid, and I said, listen, and I was thinking about this afterwards. I thought, isn't this exactly what Jesus does to us? He says, you done messed up. You, I, you could go from this point forward, and you could completely mess up, but I'm still going to love you, and I still died for you. I paid the highest price. So I, I pulled out some money, a decent amount, and I gave it to her. I said, listen, I'm not going to need a thing all week. You, you're not even going to have to go into my room. I just want to bless you ahead of time. And uh, be blessed. Jesus loves you. Well, see, a lot of times, see, that's what we're doing. If we're doing our job as an ambassador and we're walking in abundance, right? We're sitting there. Why? So that we can be a blessing to other and then give that glory to God and tell them who it really came from. Because I don't have abundance because Brian's smart. I don't have abundance because Brian worked hard. Brian ain't got no brains and Brian ain't got no energy if it weren't for God. Every good gift comes from him. I don't walk in any of that. And I certainly don't walk in giving away money if it weren't for him. You know, I ne we need God. We need his love. But here's what happened. What's the next thing that happened? The love of God starts to come out and guess what happened? Here it is. Here it comes. She gets born again. She gets born again. Why? Because it's a part of evangelism. When we're moving in abundance to do every good deed, it is straight up evangelism. It's souls. It's making disciples. Uh, so these, the word goes on to say that money is a small thing in the kingdom. He said, how, how can I give you big riches if you can't handle this small thing? And he's talking about money. Money is small, but do you know how many people in the church have actually a grasp on it? Not too many in my experience, but we're getting it, amen. We are getting it. We're getting into, out of debt, and into abundance in Jesus' name, amen. You with me? All right. So, God is such an absolute. It's abundance for every good deed. So, number one, God, why talk about this? Why teach it? Why grab a hold of this by faith? He loves you. He loves others. Number three, poverty, it's a bondage. Poverty is bondage. Amen? They're checking out. Sounds like somebody's blowing leaves next door or something. Hey, if they are, just let them go. It's fine. Just make sure it's not in the building. That'd be good. Amen. <laughs> Listen, God always desires freedom for mankind made in His image. Let me just tell you this. Have you ever seen somebody that's selling their body for money? Have you ever seen somebody... Uh, let, what about this? They're working three jobs to try and pay the bills. You ever seen somebody do that? Maybe it's been you. I mean, working night and day. What are they working for? What are they burning their body out for? They need money. Poverty will make you do things that you never want to do. This is part of the reason why Jesus preached on it. Because he wanted to see freedom come to people. We're going to, uh, let me tell you, on the first, the second Sunday of each month at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting. Every second Sunday at 4 o'clock. This first one, you're going to like it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I don't know if, 
I'll show you that story then, but at some time coming up, you're going to see a story that talks about a guy and what the spirit of poverty, how it had bound him, how the spirit of poverty made him do things that he didn't. You know, poverty is a devil. It is a devil. It makes people do things, and it holds people in a place. And if we don't preach the, the blessing of God and the abundance of God, people will sit in their poverty and claim it's God when it's actually the devil. It's a bondage. And let me show it to you here. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Poverty is a bondage. Debt, it's a bondage. Proverbs 24, 34. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. In other words, he's armed to hold you and make you do his will. Poverty is a bondage. Proverbs 10, 15 in the New Living. The wealth of the rich is their fortress, in other words, their protection. But the poverty of the poor is their destruction. It's their destruction. Poverty is a bondage. And then look at this. What does Jesus do with bondages? He breaks them. That's what he's about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him to bring release deliverance to the captives to free the oppressed to break bondages to set them free that's what the anointing is for Luke 13 16 says this and this woman a daughter of Abraham this is the lady who had the issue of blood a daughter of Abraham as she is listen uh, people that are made in the image of God that God wants to draw into his kingdom their beloved this is what Jesus is saying. This is somebody that I love. She has a right to be loved by me. Every person made in His image has a right to be loved by God. And where poverty holds them in a bondage, here's, here's what He does. This daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day. In other words, you find a bondage and Jesus wants to break it. And when we see in the Word that poverty is a bondage, what does Jesus want to do with poverty? He wants to destroy it. 1 John 3 8 says that Jesus was manifested, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And poverty is a work of the devil. If God wants above all things for you to be blessed in your finances, then devil wants above all things for you to be in poverty and be in bondage. It's very clear. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance. That's what he's talking about. One, God loves you. Two, God loves others. Why teach this? Three, poverty is a bondage and Jesus wants to break it. 
for why teach this? See, I'm not just giving you a reason to believe this. I'm giving you a reason how to live this in abundance, to get this in you, because you're going to have people that are going to tell you, well, God just wants you, you know, just enough. If he's feeding your family, then you're doing good. Y'all ain't got no family like that. All right. Maybe ours just have that, you know, backwoods accent. Maybe that's just us. But I don't know. They can sound different, but they say the same things. Because, you know why? Because the deception has been rampant. I've even heard people say things that equate poverty to a blessing of God. Are you kidding? Are you talking about my Jesus? You are not talking about my Jesus. See, that's just, that is screwed up thinking. You need to get in the Word and see how good God is. You need to see how good He is. The reason number four. We are supposed, you and I, the beloved of God, we are supposed to rule and reign. We are supposed to rule and reign. You are not called. Remember, it's, look, look at this, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28. Just, just look here for a moment. Just the very first verse. And he's going to talk about obedience and blessing. But let me tell you, in Jesus, Jesus was obedient for us all. And through righteousness, all the blessings of God are ours. Now, we can walk in more or less based off of how we take and how we operate in things. But let me just read this first verse to you. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God. In this situation, believe in who Christ is and believe what He's done for you and believe that He wants to bless you. That's your obedience and now act on it. That's all, that's all that it takes. Act on your faith. Act on your belief that these things are true. If you will just believe and you be careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you... Now this is before Jesus. Do we have a right to this and more? Yeah. The Lord will set you, say me, me, high above all the nations of the earth. Is the heart of God to have you put in your place or to set you high? God wants to lift you up. God wants to raise you up. He wants to bless you. He wants to put you in abundance because He loves you, because He wants to get good things to you and through you because He loves other people. He wants to lift you up because poverty is a bondage and He wants to do it because you are designed to reign in God. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more... Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Say, that's me. Turn to your neighbor, say, that's you. Turn to the other neighbor, say, that's you too. Who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Where? In life. Through the one Jesus Christ. You were designed to reign. 
You were designed to rule and reign. The definition of the church that Jesus used that the gates of hell will not prevail against is a ruling, governing church. It's a reigning church. How can a church rule and reign if it's not walking in abundance materially? How can they do that? You can't. It's one of the 20-year goals that the Lord shown me is that, that this church, Boomerang, I, I, can't, I, I, can, I can lead this one. I can't lead all of them, but I can lead this one. That this church and the vision, the 20-year vision, is that we are walking in so much abundance and the blessing of God, and this is very important, the heart of God to have mercy on people and to see His will done in this area that in 20 years if somebody wants something done in Albemarle and Stanley County not in an oppressive way but in a blessed and mighty way they say if you want anything done you got to go and, and see Boomerang you got to see the people there because He wants to pour now what does that mean for you? that means as we grab a hold of this Right, that you start walking in such an abundance that, that people will say, I need what they have. I need what they have. I need the Jesus that they serve. And then we're not sitting there just holding it over people like the world does it. We're sitting there looking how we can bless people. The same way in the beginning in the garden... Oh, goodness... In the beginning, man, the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me. Uh, In the beginning, in the garden, God tells Adam, He says this, He says, look, I want you to take dominion. I want you to have dominion. And I want you to spread it. In other words, He wanted to not take the, the bad... See, we look at even the word dominion today and what we see is we see the hand that we've grown up under and where Satan is the god of this world and we see it pushing us down and holding it under our thumb. That is not what God was telling Adam. He was telling Adam, Take my goodness, bless it, spread it, turn this whole earth into a Garden of Eden where there was no toil. See, he missed it, he messed up. But then he goes into Noah and he says, take my blessing, bless it, spread it. Then he goes to Abraham, through you shall all the nations be blessed. Take my blessing, spread it. Don't try to hold it all in your hand. Let it go. Let it go. Why teach this? We're supposed to rule and reign and have dominion. God's character and His nature is in abundance. If you look at it, just look at when He filled up the net. I mean, He could have put the exact number of fish in Peter's net. I mean, He knew how much it would hold, right? But no. He said, let me, let me be abundant. Let me overflow. Well, well, God, my net's breaking. Well, Peter, you brought a, a smaller net of faith than you should have maybe. I don't, hey, I'm just, I'm a blesser. I'm an abundant giver. God so loved the earth, the world, that He gave. He said, I'm an abundant giver. And matter of fact, Peter, I don't want to just bless you. I don't want to just bless you. Call your friends over. Let's try, to, let's try to sink them too with the abundance. With the abundance. The first time that happened, the nets 
started to break. The second time it happened, the nets held. There was a fullness released in Christ where he brought the wealth of God, but he brought no sorrow with it. He brought no toil. He wants to bring the abundance. God's heart, his character, his nature is in abundance. To become more like him, we need to get what he says more in our heart. True humility humbles itself to what God says. So let's see what God says as we go forward and humble ourselves to that. Let me tell you this. This is what it's all about. Last verse, Deuteronomy 29, 9. This is what it's all about. You see... We in this world, we've really learned how to tell something and it not be true. How to tell people stuff and it be a lie. We've, we've learned even that, well, a little white lie is okay. It's all right. We've learned that we can say our word, but we don't have to uphold it. You see it all the time in business and marriage and in you know, parents. If you do that one more time, I'm going to kick you to the moon. They can't even uphold that. Why would you say that, you know? We just, we just throw words around. God doesn't throw words around. God is a covenant God. He's a covenant keeper as well. See, here's what we have in God. In Deuteronomy 29.9, we have a covenant of prosperity. And when God sets up a covenant, it will last forever. And when you start to understand that God has given me a covenant of prosperity, your mind is going... See, we don't need to see what the world has taught us, even what another preacher has taught us, we need, or even what I've taught you. We need to see what God says. So this verse says, So keep the words of this covenant to do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. See, the covenant that God's laid out before us, it's a covenant that includes prosperity. It's a covenant that says, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others. Break people out of the, out of the bondages. Move them into freedom. And that you can take up and set up my heart by ruling and reigning over this earth. That's the plan of God. And man, that's the reason why the devil attacks it like crazy. He's a prosperity covenant God. It's who he is. He's an abundant God. So, you know, you may want to fill these out if you want to, you know. Or you can step out by faith, say, Lord, I'm humbling myself to you. I'm moving out of the bondage that I've been in for so long, and I'm moving into your abundance because you love me because you love other people, because that junk is a bondage, and because you're calling me to rule and reign. And I'm not going to sit there and do nothing about it. I'm going to apply faith, and I'm going to move up to the levels that you've called me to, so that if nobody else does, I will, Lord. I'll serve you. I'll believe in you.